Greetings, Earthlings. Uh, welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. Um, I'm joined with me by uh, uh, coming uh, from uh, from uh, outer space, actually, uh, the interstellar janitor himself. Um, I've got drummer for uh, several bands, uh, Astral Hand, Old Prospectors, um, Calliope. Uh, he's played in Zelda Routine. Uh, he's played in a, a lot of uh, psych bands. And um, we're going to have a beer and uh, he's going to... And he's gonna be my first interstellar guest. So uh, please, Honored. very Thank happy to have Dan Dahl on the show. Thank you. Thank you, Earthling. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool up here, man. I don't know. Just join me up here. It's pretty, pretty good. Not a lot of. I really signal. should. You, you, you might. You, you know what? I honestly might. Um, I might actually uh, pause this and take it up there. Dude, come on up. It, the water's <laughs> great. Well, lack thereof, but it's pretty Fantastic. cool. That's it. So, I. Flying objects coming around, you know. I don't know. You got to watch your head, but yeah, the most part, um, so far it's pretty good. Uh, yeah. Uh, you were you were saying before we started recording, there's a lot of space in space. Would have thought. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty good up here, you know. I, uh, I don't know. I'm not really claustrophobic up here, but uh, you know, it's my nice little little niche side of the uh, upper stratosphere. So I don't know. We're getting along so far. There are space bees, so that's a problem. Damn. But, uh, oh, I have heard that. <laughs> I have heard the stratosphere is uh, very nice this time of year. It's it's pretty cool. The the bees are uh, they don't have space suits on. Who would have thought they're just that insane up here? So they're pretty aggressive. They want my beer, but you're gonna have to keep their little paws off it for now. But, uh, yeah. Speaking of which, um, what do you, what are you sipping on over there? Um, I've been basically living off some homebrew that my old man has been making, and this is some honey nut brown ale, I believe. Yeah, looks pretty. Look at that! Look at it. Looks like outer space. Yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. I'll have. I'd love to try your old man's brew sometime. There's uh, there's plenty of it, so feel free, man. Yeah. Very nice. Um, Once I land. Yeah, yeah. You're you're <laughs> a couple reentry. <laughs> yeah, you're you're at least a couple light years out at this point, so um, you might have to. I might have to wait a couple of years. Um, I have with me here. Uh, I'm going to be drinking a Gumball Head. Uh, hey, all right. Three Floyds. Um, Cheers, man. Yes. <laughs> Cheers from uh, another dimension, my friend. Absolutely. Hmm. It's pretty good up here. Dan, what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we talk love and fear, passion and creativity. And um, yeah, uh, so um, obviously uh, I'm a fan of the music that uh, you've uh, helped, that you've partaken in over the years. I'm a huge fan of psychedelic music. Um, well, you. You're very welcome. Um, us, um, I've uh, had Stacy on the show uh, to talk yeah. about Dollapalooza. Uh, <laughs> yes i yeah. i'm bummed honestly that's one thing that i aside from also milwaukee psych fest i that was one thing like i was very eager to like actually go to this year although, yeah me too <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah needless to say um uh, a bit of a wrench was thrown in that but yeah for the least yeah 
It'll right. come back full force. We we try to outdo ourselves every year, just for the sake of doing it, because it gets easier in a lot of ways, and know a lot more people that I'm that are willing to like have favors called in. That like someone will bring a projector, some art stuff, and then it it's just snowballed so outrageously fast, and it's turned into a, an entity of its own that it's really hard to keep up with. And we all just like, it's like a big think tank with the whole community that like, how do we make it better? Do we get visualizers and fog machines and lasers and stuff yeah. that like, try to make it a better venue than, or just as good of a venue as we could possibly make a basement. Because I've been to basement shows and they've all been fun, but it's just been like a drunken debaucherous time in like some laundry room, but like it didn't really have that escape as like, I'm seeing a show, you know, like, and, I always find myself like in the front row of show. Remember shows? God, I remember shows. Oh man! But when they were still happening, I would try to weasel my way to the front Dude. whenever, whenever possible, and like just want to like tweak something, just like just to be part of it in some way. But like, yeah, remember? And um, you know, <laughs> yeah, remember the scene, dude. Remember the scene. Yeah, God, <laughs> it was a lot cooler a few years ago. Not gonna lie. But <laughs> yeah, man, I don't know. I, I have a feeling it'll just be like all the, all the showgoers, they were, they were regulars, you know, like I would see the same people out all the time and it's like, it's become therapy. It, you know, it, it always has been really, but like the past 10 years, it's just been like skyrocketed as far as like the level that I, like we need it, you know, but now I think when everything starts to come back a little bit more, people would just be starving for it even more so and like I, I don't I think it'll be it'll be good I think every like the bands will get re-motivated and, and it it's about half and half now the people that I've been chatting with like they've either been practicing non-stop or they haven't touched their their instrument or their craft in months and months and it's like if I go more than a couple days I just go ape shit but yeah yeah, I I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah, I'm with you there. I like definitely am stir crazy without the shows, and I've been filling the void by um, just like focusing on what you can in the meantime. So doing a lot of breaking and entering writing, and still doing a lot of these episodes, whatnot. But um, hey, you're staying busy, man. Let's let's get to see. Thanks, dude. Um, From way up yeah. here, we can see it. Yeah, <laughs> right. You with your uh, super uh, super massive telescope. Um, that yeah, just look up, look up at the moon one day, and you'll see me up there. But uh, I'm sure I'll probably be able to. I think I'll be able to see you uh, actually on a on a on a clear night sky. I'm sure I can probably <laughs> see you up there. Actually, you might have some luck tonight, my friend. We'll I'll see. look for you tonight. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Look into the Virgo supercluster or whatever. And uh, I'll just be chilling. Yeah, not much to I'll, look now, at you, I'll look at you in the telescope and I'll see. I'll be like, cheers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what up, dude? Pour one down. It might burn up in, in the atmosphere, but I'll pour one down for you. Yeah. But, Hopefully a couple yeah. drops will, uh, will of, of the honey brew will <laughs> reach me. Yeah, um, there's a chance. But yeah, man. Um, going back to the the shows, I I definitely um, that's one thing that 
I really just I'm I once I moved to River West, that was an operation I was became super, super excited about watching that like community oriented uh ethic of like yeah. you know but kind of what you said about like it being a think tank i'd say that's very applicable because you know mm-hmm. when when something happens here in river west like it just becomes something that people generally plan for they mm-hmm. actively partake in they um they rely on things for releases because yeah. a lot of us are low income a lot of us are um you know we it's a very like uh art artsy uh community so people really value the you know the um the diy shows and um, Mm -hmm. art showcases and otherwise just you know little things that you know just anyone can uh like peep the river west neighborhood facebook page and be like oh yeah that looks fun i might do that today and make some new friends and meet some new people i mean i see um that's a dangerous place to do that but yeah, yeah it, I, it is. <laughs> it is. But one person that I always think of about that is Jordan Baumhart. Um, <laughs> always shooting, uh, um, shooting pucks at the uh, the park across the street from High Dive. Uh, oh yeah, he's playing some street hockey, and and he's always inviting people to come play with him. And that's like yep. that's the most River West thing, you know. Oh yeah, I love Jordan. He's such a good dude. He's, he's at most of the shows that I play and always good to see him in the crowd but yeah he's you know you gotta you gotta keep doing something you know like yeah. i don't know if it's your passion before it's not like you're just gonna stop right. doing your passion just out of nowhere yeah. when you know the world can be paused or just put in slow-mo i think but it can't be can't be fully stopped but especially with the creatives that like that need it and like i don't know i'd count the hockey thing as, as a creative venture totally. too like yeah. he's uh yeah he's he's is bending it to his will and uh just sometimes you know life can just boil down to the simplicities like that just slapping pucks in an alley or across the street from somewhere we especially and, uh, need that those releases when there's just such utter chaos and absurdity occurring right. in our social and and political spheres right now like you need I have that. a feeling it's always been that way but now it's just a little bit more under the microscope yeah and like it's more amplified yeah oh god never would have thought like any part of this year would have would have been to this degree or four years ago it was like okay maybe we can we can get through this and then just every day it's snowballing into something weirder and worse and more cruel and it's like i i need shows more than ever now but everyone's like you know we're all in a little stasis and uh, that's the weirdest part, honestly, I think. Just, like, the unsure, just, like, what's around the corner sort of thing. And then it's like, oh, you wake up in the morning and you read the news and you're just, like, instantly bummed. So you're like, I need to go back and listen to some demos or something just to, like, keep the brain going. Because otherwise, I'm just going to fixate on it and just find myself in some local news channel, you know, comment section. You find yourself on, like, channel 12 news and like you see people like saying the worst stuff just oh yeah and then i'll, I'll the like, comment two hours are the I, worst yeah. yeah so yeah if there's any advice for the future just get away from there but it's kind of like an unchecked 
cancer, you know, like I, I'm kind of half and half, like I, I sort of have, feel obligated that I have to like in, engage with those people, but like, are they bots? Are they real people? Are they just like, there's, there's no swaying them really. And I felt like some sort of vague human satisfaction slash dopamine boost when I would be like, yeah, here's some witty thing that you can't come back from. And then you're like, then what? Like, then you get on with your day and do your day job feeling like, yeah, I told that, that old Republican what's up. And then like, yeah. <laughs> nothing happens. <laughs> so yeah. it's like trying to like, oh, there's a space bee. Whoa! <laughs> space bees. Yeah, they're they're around, man. They, um, around, but speaking of which, I do have I do have some thoughts on what you just said about engaging, feeling, especially as us as white men. I mean, right. it is kind of like you know, there's a lot of emotional labor that goes that comes with like the marginalized communities constantly having to explain these things over and over again. So it is definitely like our obligation to like check our friends that might be problematic but when it's when but the key word there is our friends i mean if it if it's if you're looking at some like those um possible bots where it's like their profile picture is some character in like an 80s sitcom and they have like 24 friends on facebook chances are they're either a bot or they're just some bum living in like their uh parents or siblings basement or something like that right we have nothing better to do so i think it's it's more there's more merit to focusing on those we do know and being like you need to get yeah yeah it's like yeah so um and i and i i also am a, a i'm very confident you know the the DIY scene and ethic will emerge stronger than ever once the pandemic is over. I mean, you have like Matt at Nausicaa, now it's Tsunami. Like he is going to be doing that. Like he will always be doing that, you know? Yeah. And you have, um, you know, you will always have things like River West kickball, you know, like there will be shit like that no matter what. And, um, and so it takes it, like to the individual to do that though like that those are the little things that we we took for granted before and then it's like i think once once the veil's lifted i think it's been lifted since like march like okay this is an actual reality now and those little things that i was looking forward to like some mundane tuesday night you know like what what's going on literally literally nothing so you're left to your own thoughts and and you know sometimes for better or worse you know, I would, I would recommend doing that every now and then and soaking it up, but you got to get out every now and then and got to have that outlet and that stuff will continue. Like the people that do that have to do that, you know, like, but it shouldn't be necessarily like, this will always be here because we, we were all just like, just given that reality check, like it's not so enjoy the time that you've got like when it's around so like that's why i was i always get the fomo so bad when there's a show it's just or literally anything but over the past decade it's just been like okay i'm looking forward to friday and then it turned into i'm looking forward to practice and then showing off this new thing not necessarily showing off but like getting through the thing that was just some scribbled idea or just some voice memo like 
four years ago and we were like, yeah, let's turn this into a thing and then started bouncing riffs and then all of a sudden you see like all of Bremen bouncing to it and then you know people making out to it and you're like that's a that's a reaction <laughs> i don't don't really get that too often but when when it happens you're like that's that's why i do it and you're re-reminded and then that's just a perpetual snowball you people know? like grinding and dancing like erotically to this like <laughs> crazy psych funk music and you're like right man we uh we nailed it tonight Right, yeah, you know, some days it, it feels better than others, obviously, you know, like, but hey, a good set, man, you're like, ah, you know, I messed up a bunch, it's like, it's just the reality of it, and like, if they come at you with that reaction, that's like, that's what you want, but just, I don't know, sometimes it goes beyond just the, hey, great set, sometimes you'll get somebody, like, you know, you feel like no one's heard your stuff, that like, the artist, like, I, I've never really called myself or thought of myself as an artist whatsoever and i still kind of don't but like getting that that's the stubborn brain yeah to go and then it turns into this like oh i care about this set i want to know like i i want to know what you some feedback something is good and then when it when it's beyond the hey good set man it's like no I, that took me to a different place and like i cried to your song and i was like holy shit like yeah that's that's the stuff like that one person rather than like all the botched songs in some hammered saturday at some dive bar turned into this like epic like like when we played for i'm do mokhtar i don't want to toot my own horn too much but it was like holy shit this is a reality check and it's packed in the cooperage and all of a sudden you look up and there's people are just like on another level that might have been enhanced in some way, shape, or form, but it was there and it was like <laughs> it was it was it was great. But those are the moments that, that you that you keep fighting for and try to make it better and easier and less taxing and absolutely. I don't know. But yeah that, that's yeah, the art, you know. Yeah man. I, I get that, you know, the the imposter syndrome's definitely real. You're like me, an artist, like no way. Like I'm I'm right. just the guy that hits things. But <laughs> but like yeah you know yeah but um it's those moments like that where you come like where you actually get confronted with like someone's visceral connection to like what you're doing up there like right. oh what i'm doing does matter you know it, it does actually uh <laughs> it it does actually um connect with the community and the audience and just like the people that get to see it like it's a sign yeah. that you're doing something right and that alone is like it's so yeah, humbling it really best, is it's the best affirmation ever completely like, yep and i i never really had it until like drums a lot of things in, in life didn't really make sense for a long time until i was like super sure but if i like i I'm, i have the brain where it's like if i know i'm gonna get something like i'm gonna go buy a drum set because it's like i'm done smashing my thighs to metallica songs in the car you know it's like I, I might be able to physically do it for real because I had the coordination. I was a sports kid, played a little football throughout intermediate school and high school, but not like amazing, but it was just fun to have that camaraderie. But like once you feel that camaraderie in the music scene, it just, you know, it, it's all perpetual. It all builds off of each other. And that's like, it, it didn't make sense until, until it did. You know, I don't know if that makes any sort of sense at all. It like, it was it was very difficult and then all of a sudden it was just like a, a release and like things just fell into place and the community loved it and then 
I don't know, you started Bremen or Yep and Under, like R.I.P. That's kind of yes, where we got our – started scratching the surface a little bit. And uh, I'm going to miss the – speaking of which, I'm going to miss the 32-ounce Peebers. <laughs> yeah, good good times. Doing the uh, doing the open mics and stuff and getting yeah. getting pretty 15 minutes that felt like a minute and a half went by and, like, yeah. getting a, to play some Primus to people is, like – that's how it started and then it's like all right i can actually come up with something that i wrote or yeah. <laughs> you know just feeding off other people's riffs but For it always sure. starts with that but i so, know it started the whole snowball yeah so dan i know so i know that you guys are originally from charwood mm -hmm. um so when did you start drumming and then what was your first band uh, a bit of a two-parter there okay um well i am self-taught i am part of the, the the nerd internet culture i'm a 90s kid so well, born in 86 so i guess i still count but like yeah. I, I felt like i was on the precipice of all that that crap and then by the time youtube rolled around it made life a lot easier but i've only been drumming for 10 years for, since okay wait let's do the math here christmas of 2008 i bought a kit for myself and much to the dismay of my neighbors and my mom didn't didn't care for it too much but that's after we uh we moved to river west for a little bit and um you know you start doing well the first the band was called aim for the elbow uh my buddy steve white and my other buddy jacob mooshin um we were just jamming we we're playing video games and basically that's all we were doing and hanging out and uh getting inebriated and then we're like maybe you know, it basically literally started through Guitar Hero, of all things. Like, I don't want to give it too much credit, but it's it's absolutely, like, it's physically the same thing when you learn drums. So, like, if you do, if you use a medium setting and you're just playing along your favorites, but then you start going through the whole list and, like, you, you enjoy music, but then you never, like, the people that just play video games, I've, I've always been one of those guys, by the way. That's the only thing really getting me by nowadays you seem like uh you i'm gonna guess you 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 seem like a skyrim guy <laughs> oh i've definitely lost myself in skyrim fucking i did what, too 150 uh, hours or something on that yeah. that, was, that was a while ago but yeah. and they're like oh i'm burned out i did this already and then i don't know i i, I love the rpgs for sure yeah. but uh it literally started like it was the halo crew and then like then more stuff comes out and then you, you, you ever know, play the um, literal couch turns into you, you ever play half-life oh yeah well two when two came out that was the thing you're like holy shit i need a computer yeah. i need to actually like absorb myself in this this looks incredible and yeah, the original half-life is my favorite video game of all oh, time wow yeah that's, but, that's a tough that's a tough one but yeah, yeah. That's, what a, what a, they but, just uh, remastered it hd but Oh, I, I believe or like the black mesa that's what it's called but oh yeah i might have to play it again them right oh, yeah. it looks great but, but two I'm, was good too games god damn it it's the only yeah. thing really to do now so i don't know let's nerd out or something because yeah that's the only thing really like you can't play drums all the time not yeah. gonna lie but and that's what sucks but it's the reality of things and then i don't know i've been playing destiny i've been playing a lot of crap um, I just bought a Switch a couple weeks ago. My sister and I both did that. So she's stuck in Animal Crossing and I'm stuck in Hyrule on Breath of the Wild. And there's no coming back. 
after that. So, but uh, I don't know, it's a good change of pace. But yeah, it all started with that, like in the, in the nerd nerd circle. It started turning over. One more. I have one more yeah. game I want to see if you've played. Have you played oh. Red Faction? Yeah, back in the Red Faction Two, I did on the on the PlayStation. Oh back yeah. I was yep, big into was Red fun. Faction when I was a kid, too. Hell yeah. Like, the, the RTSs have been literally, like, when sports went away, I've just been watching, prof- not just then, but, like, you find yourself down the YouTube rabbit hole, and then you're on your, like, third hour of a crazy StarCraft tournament, and you're watching Koreans play at, like, the top level, like, thousands of actions per minute, and they're just, like, complete robot, like, humans and they're they're going through like just so much stuff highest octane thing it's more exciting than all sports but it's it's pretty cool to see the packers winning but like it's it's a weird asterisk all the canned like crowd sounds and stuff it's we start watching football like as we just make fun of the commercials and like just watch it as as the theatrics it really is i've always been a packer fan obviously but once you start seeing it in a different light, it's bizarre. And then like, I don't know, seeing an empty Lambo, it's weird. But the video games have always been like more exciting and like more engaging and like, it's always been tradition with football, but so have video games. I was just raised around it. So it's like, I don't know. It's a, it's a good somewhat substitute for music every now and then. <laughs> but it's like, nowadays it's like, what can you do? It's like yeah. I'm locked in front of a screen. You're like, shit, might as well make the best of it and not read the news for yeah. 20-minute intervals or something, you know? It's the escapism a lot of us need these days. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I, An unfortunate I mean, reality. But yeah, yeah I've, I've been watching a lot of uh, anime movies. Um, yeah. Kind of for that, for that own escapism of like just that childlike wonder in the form of this Japanese fantasy like I I think that's really fun it's been therapeutic um but for some others it's video games others it's Mm -hmm. like others it's you know just the massive uh output of working on music at this time I mean everyone kind of has their own uh everyone's kind of doing their own way to escape from this perilous uh climate we we right. were, were trekking through right now yeah so, to say the least man <laughs> yeah so Dan, when did you when did you um beyond your first band like yeah when would you eventually start taking drums more seriously well um i i owe a lot of this to my cousin who passed away four years ago uh, my cousin taj he he was always in the like the glam rock stuff and like I automatically associated that with like, you know, that was what rock and roll was when he like it back in the eighties when he was doing that, but he was always one to like to dye his hair pink and his whole, all of his hardware and just like just neon ridiculous colors and be glam and like paint his face. And just, that was his release. And it's like, I, I loved that about him, but like that wasn't my, my niche, you know, once you, once you sort of find, you know, basically it was once, once you start partying and you're like, you know, I was raised on all the classic rock stuff and my dad's got, you know, a, a billion albums. And, uh, but uh, I go back to it, like 
my cousin had me on his on his lap when I was tiny, but I didn't really associate. You know, like I never was like I want to do that, because it was always like this, this unattainable object. It was always like a, a rich kid toy, you know. So I was mainly into BMX most of my my teenage years. Um, at Thirteen, I got into that, but like once I started like once once the ball's rolling like you can physically learn songs and like once you start playing hendrix covers with your buddies and you know learning all like as many sabbath songs as can fit in your gray matter and then you're you know you're on the the 50th listen of zeppelin 2 in a row like that's when it starts to make sense and you and then you start like seeing that the transitions of the songs like pop into your head and you're like that's that's when you know you have it once you start listening to a song to the point of where you're sick of it. And then like, that's when it's like a part of you. And then you start listening to, to music differently. It, it started shifting in the early twenties. And I like, I knew I was, I was into it, but like right after high school, it was like, I was working pizza hut with my buddies and like le- listening to like industrial music and like ministry and like skinny puppy. And like, but once, 10,000 days came out from Tool like holy shit these these are like four four humans making this at, at at once like this holy shit these are people and like it was so beyond what i thought was music like I, you know it was not classic they're like a whole breed of their own so like i was like i want to i want to do that in some way and then i started you know with the with the video game circle kids those guys like they're all into music but they they don't want to like engage with it or they don't play instruments but they they appreciate it but we would all you know just get annihilated and watch concert videos over and over and over and over again with all the all the, all the nerd kids like here's a torrent of uh of just the most absurd live sabbath show you've ever seen here's from 1980 and then we would just watch that every fucking day and then but once like once the tool videos came out once primus their live dvd hallucinogenetics we would watch that religiously and it was like i it burned my brain like i want to do that i want to like physically do that i think i can but it never was like i definitely can like fuck yeah i could do that it's fucking easy it's never been easy because i think the little bike the bmx bike has always been part of me and like it that's always been a super struggle too so it kind of humbles you you're like you gotta approach it differently and like i should have been way more like into into the books like playing with the metronome like roughing it out in the early years but i I like learned to appreciate music first i think and like getting a late start like that sort of sort of helped out and then once that started happening um, my cousin taj he got a studio for his band on uh menlo basically on, on Menlo in Oakland. It was called Brooklyn Studios because he was broke and it was on Oakland. But I wound up like having to let bands into there when he was gone or doing schoolwork. And then, you know, but beyond that, like I, I had the keys to a studio that was like a block away from where I lived. So I would go over there, smash some tool and just like be by myself for a little while and then, you know, close up shop and then rinse and repeat. And then it like, by the time that started physically making sense, a little bit more because those songs have literally every riff you'd ever need so if you'd like i don't know just just force it into with like 
all the all the fills like it doesn't even matter just get through the song and like know what what parts coming up next and like that started training that part of the gray matter a little bit more and that's when i started like okay i want to get get a kit of my own and like actually play this crap and that not necessarily in front of people like but being able to make it through something competently in the basement with your friends is like it's a really good feeling and that was that was addicting in, a, in its own right basically that starts it all essentially retraining your brain and teaching yourself how to listen and like i don't know the, the song's gonna go on with or without you but like you gotta you know being the leader of like being a drummer is being like the leader of you are, you create the genre basically essentially like there's a lot on your shoulders as a drummer you gotta like take the steering wheel and back then i was like no this is this is what i want i want to play the song you know but like the most absurd batshit jams and I, but i didn't want to be in a jam band you know like there's a balance so like i don't know people do do everything differently and once i figured out how i figured that part out it was uh just there's no going back that's i have to do it now so yeah, totally. good that i have some like-minded people that i got really really lucky meeting the people that i did and like honestly yeah. that's a lot of it is as far as the community and everyone's so cool and so tight-knit like i was literally an introvert nerding out and then i'm gonna go to brennan just because and then like there's a band and then holy shit that's neo caveman or young revelators or someone like that and they were like holy shit these guys like they're so young and they're like they take this seriously and that it was like enough motivation to like actually snap it into something and like okay, i we love, can't just, oh, I I love, love these guys man, so. yep paul's the man hope, uh, hope they keep keep writing stuff simon's yeah. birthday today too so i love that guy we, we've yes, been happy birthday to simon. yeah and bino cheers buddy yes but yeah uh, uh, and sam too like all those guys have been great peter Hare, they're all they're all so talented and like i don't know they got to play our uh, our release party and we got to play theirs it was a, it was a mutual thing but totally i don't know they yeah. love the odd times i love the odd times whenever you can turn it into something that like people can nod their head to it's great but like yeah did you know they're the real deal did you also did you play in uh moss folk with andrew i did i did a handful of times big shout out to andrew yeah. Oh yeah, huge shout out Andrew. Like Dude, Moss Folk is one guy. of my favorite Milwaukee projects I've ever found. For Dude, sure. I mean me too. Like uh we got to do we got to play with Juju. I don't know if uh, if you've ever heard of them or anybody out there but uh JJUUJJUU. They're uh they're from Cali and they run Desert Days. Like those guys like run it and then Did you go got, last year by the way? Last year we did. Yep uh that's that's the beauty of doing the psych fest stuff with andrew because we played the moss folk thing that opening day and then i backlined my drums and then basically just just having that i got the opportunity to get tickets to go to lake paris and holy shit that was, that is the best festival i've ever been like yeah that is exactly how it should be it is so i cannot explain how awesome it was like i got to see like wu-tang yeah. as loud as a band should ever be and then i got to see lightning bolt like oh, 10 yes. minutes later if you've ever heard of lightning bolt oh yeah they're the most ape shit two outrageous. Outrageous. unbelievable you guys 
listen to them right now, you're going to have nightmares, and it's it's awesome. Did you um, see uh, Animal Collective? Yes. Yep. Dude, we Stacy and I saw 32 bands in three days. That is amazing. It was insane. Like, that was the gauntlet, <laughs> for real. Like, sleeping in a tent, like, sneezing the whole time. It's just dry, desert, airy, but it's next to a lake in the mountains, and the lake itself is has pyrite sand like you go swimming and you lift up your hands it's gold it's it's awesome it was such a surreal thing but yeah so the flaming lips uh, dude like the how many how many bands do i even see just the highest level so get to see i'm do again on the main stage with mad alchemy and once once you get to play in front of those lights just your whole life changes you're like now i'm really taking it seriously because so i found myself yeah. doing that yeah, you see Ween. I did see Ween. Ween. I saw who else did I see? I saw um, Ween at Riot Fest like a month before that festival, and that was a really awesome show. Hell yeah! I there were they were harder for me to get into. I think like I love the bizarre and I love the weird, the weird. I mean, Primus is just like my lifeblood, but like hearing them like it took a little while. I think I just need to see a band live. Like it was like the whole Grateful Dead thing. Like I felt. I couldn't like engage with that, but then you find yourself at summer camp watching Bob Weir with a bunch of hippies, and you're like, "This is exactly how it should <laughs> yeah, be." Like, exactly. That's how it should be. So yeah, I, I got to see Ween. I saw the last ever, I believe, Devo show. Oh yes. Um, oh. What else did I see, man? God, just it was nonstop the whole time. Look, look up that that last lineup. It's just something, something to be. I was gonna here. go this year. I was gonna go this year with my buddy Alec, but. Obviously, a wrench was thrown in that. So next right. year, yeah. next year, hopefully, um, hopefully, it'll be safe to have stuff like that again. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it just looked. I mean, it just looked like a psychedelic paradise, and it was perfect. Yeah. It was perfect. Weather was perfect. Everybody there was amazing. Not to mention, uh, it was the first taste of the VIP area. So you're like, holy shit, this is they wall off special spots for you. So I could, you know, I, I love wandering to the front, but at a festival outside, you're like, this isn't happening. But the VIP section, all the musicians are chilling and then you can just, you know, mosey up to the front. Like this is, this is the way to do it. This is it was so cool. Just saying, but so, yeah, it was like, yeah. Was so a, you got to, reality check. totally. So you got to, um, so you played with Moss folk, Andrew. Yeah. And you, um, you get to tour with him? Oh, we did a handful of shows. Um, I think it was just like four, three or four. Um, we did the WMSE thing that we didn't practice for at all, but it was a very droney. Played with uh, Kendra Malier. Oh, and, hell yeah. Uh, she She's... ripped so hard. Yes. And uh, we, uh, yeah, we just jammed out. And then, you know, we did a, a couple other ones when Andrew would, you know, get the hair in his ass to, to play a show. And, uh, yeah, just it's fun. There, his his mindset was a lot more relaxed than mine. I was like, "All right, well, what's this go to?" You know, it's like you can only do a crowd beat for so long without it. You know, like you need to know where things lead. And he's just like, "Oh, just fucking go for it. Who cares? It's music. Let's make music." I'm like, okay, but Ryan, their their other drummer, I only got to play with them because Ryan moved to Australia, and they were just they were so good together. Like they had such a good chemistry, but like I could see what, you know, he's got his, uh, 
he's got his, his mallet work down and just has a different vibe to playing than I do, but it was a very relatable style. So it felt like we connected quick. And uh, those guys, you know, they're all like-minded, but they're, they're dads and, you know, like just, just being, being dads, just like, wanna, I just want to jam. It's like, oh, yes. I also like knowing, I love jamming. I just also like when people, when you can't practice that, for like a solid week before you play it in front of people it's like it's hard to gauge it so you're like kind of want to know where the hell we're going you know if you're steering steering the bus but you know you can only stay above 55 you know like i don't know where the fuck to go but uh it's a great feeling when when that when it kicks in and like when those guys like when they change when when you lead into the next movement or something they they feel that and like they've played long enough that like they they really they're they listen and that's that's the important thing. It, it took a while to just gain that. It's a different side of your ear to gain. You know. How did you meet Al Kramer? Well, um, so I, I think I was I was on a little tangent. And I didn't answer your question before, but after the aim for the elbow years started making a little bit more sense. And Bob, who's in the prospectors with me, Bob Daly, one of my favorite humans ever. Oh, yeah. uh, I met him. So this is gonna be. It'll come back full circle. I swear. I'm gonna to try to avoid name dropping too many people. But um, met Bob at Ian's wearing a Primus hoodie one day, and he's just like, "Here's my phone number. Let's play music." And it was basically that simple. But I didn't call him for a little while because I had the other band going, and we were playing in my cousin's studio for long periods of time. And, but it just kind of fizzled out. Um, but my cousin and our original guitar player in Blind Tarzan, which is another little thing we had it was it was like the the first like the stretch into more original material with different people and that got the ball rolling but after after sri johnson who was our our guitar player in blind tarzan is from india and he was here on a student visa and after he graduated the government's basically like you got to get on a plane like right now too bad you got to renew your visa so we we're like shit uh we had like a few a few things booked and one of them was uh it was this this giant outdoor thing in in grant park uh on my birthday for the uh the cannabis freedom festival mm-hmm. so then out of nowhere i was like i don't know what the hell to do because like we it, it seemed pretty big at the time so i was like this, i, I want to still play this thing because it could be cool and then it was like just right up my alley and uh, we got we got Al to sing because uh, Owen from Conundrum was like, I need a I need a singer and I want to play Sweet Leaf. So basically, that's kind of how that turned into being. And then we're like, who the fuck is gonna sing? Like, I don't I don't know. Like that was that's been my my feeling for a long time. That's kind of how you get into an instrumental band, guys. Uh, but um, yeah, Al Al was one of the dudes that actually like yeah. I'll, fuck yeah, I'll do that. It sounds great. And uh, it's kind of stayed that way until my sister and I took a trip to Denver, like, oh shit, four years ago now. And uh, Al, he was hanging at High Dive. And when we came back into town, we were like, let's go, let's go into High Dive. We get recombobulated back to Milwaukee, you know, back into the bars. Here we go. It's, you know, it's fall, it's late fall, and uh, at the time, I didn't know 
Um, but I saw Elton. I was a huge Calliope fan for a while. Like once, once going out to shows started really kicking in, Calliope was like, "Holy shit!" Like these guys know exactly what they're doing, yeah. and and the rock scene isn't you know fizzling away. They're still here. You know, like there's some badass loud rock going on. But Eric, Eric Amal, uh, their drummer, he just like he just didn't want to do it anymore. I guess he, he just bowed out gracefully right after they made their last album chapel perilous um i had nothing to do with the writing of that but basically the timing happened so where they got it like finished and pressed and like here's a done really really awesome album that i would have probably tried to learn anyway once i heard it like holy fuck it was like yeah. really good Vic did a really really good job making it and all of them did you know fantastic work and i was like this is this is great and he's like well, uh, Al, back at Alan High Dive, like he was just sitting there having a couple beers, and we came in right place, right time. And he's just like, "Hey, uh, so basically, our, our drummer left, and do you want to you want to learn this stuff?" Because I was prodding him, like, "Where's the new Where's the new material?" And he's like, "Well, funny story, <laughs> funny that you say that, um, but we're looking for another one, another drummer." And I was like, "Yeah, let's." fucking do that like how many times do i go to the dive bars and just try to start bands anyway like you just that's just kind of how it works you just get a few in me and i'm just like ah, start a band guys yeah but this yeah. time it was like i want you to i want you to try to learn that and i'd rather have it be someone that we know who's down for it and i'm like yes yep let's do that and that kind of kicked it in a high gear and i was like you know they had been established for a while and yeah, it's not Calliope, by the way, just to let you know. So good. <laughs> but yeah, so many when, people said it. But it, um, it took someone saying it out loud for me to realize that, too. Yeah, same, honestly. But you're like, once you hear it, hear it correctly, you're like, I get it now. But yeah. kind of separates the people. But God, is it cringy hearing people say Calliope. But, you know, just being out at the shows and then, like, you know, I just seeing him at Cactus and then, and then Al's just like, are you ready for this? Like, cause there was a couple shows that they had booked um, after he, he, you know, asked me to do it, but, and Eric was just, dude, they're just so high level. He still is. I'm sure he still, I hope he still plays, but I haven't talked to him since like what, for a couple of years, but he, uh, God, he's so good metal drummer, but not, I don't want to categorize him, but he was a phenomenal rock drummer, hit really hard, made really complicated parts that, I would have tried to learn anyway. And then I found myself playing those parts like right away on the road. Like we went to Denver, we went to immediately from Denver, we went to Austin and we played Levitation. We did a, we did a, uh, God, me too. God, uh, never been except, you know, when you do it that way, it's just, God, it's so fucking fun, but got to, got to hit a lot more cities than, uh, than I've ever been in. And I owe it to them big time but uh yeah we, we did that we did a day trotter session i was totally just out of my element but like learning those parts i'm like i don't know how how strict they're gonna be is because these are the written drum parts and it's physically not me so <laughs> it's gonna be it's different you know i didn't i didn't come up with them but i can try to learn them and i tried to learn them as good or as, as dialed as i possibly could and then you know that first rehearsal you're like okay I, I really know these and they they're like holy shit you know them better than i thought you would 
and that was humbling but they didn't really have that same attitude as far as like strictness you know that i really thought like they'd be cracking the whip on every little measure and they're just like just play it who cares and i was like really <laughs> so it, it's a it's kind of a relief but you kind of i don't know i was not looking forward to having it be that strict but like having a project where it's like these are the deliberate parts there's no it really no improv and it's just like that's how it's that's how it is it's set in stone learn that like that was that was what i've been trying to do with like you know all the sabbath stuff all the tool stuff all the all the rock all the classic juggernauts that got you into music try to physically learn that or like once you hear like drummer perspective recordings where you can like tell due to panning like what they're hitting what hand they're using it's a it's a it's a shift but that it, it those geared me up to uh to play with Clyde because they they really changed their tone drastically with that last record and I'm like that's exactly what I want to play that sort of stuff right there but uh oh, yeah yeah L, L, L came in clutch and then uh after that it's it's been it's been great it's been hell at the same time but i fucking love that dude he's, dude, he's, he's so fun. funny man he's fucking hilarious that dude just fucking kills me he uh <laughs> when he, he was on the show uh i think it was, now is like two weeks ago um or maybe it was last week i i have no sense of time these days but when he was on the show we were talking about uh ren and stimpy <laughs> oh dude yeah <laughs> that show yeah. is if we're talking about like Oh God, yeah! Psychedelic, That's, bizarre yeah. comedies. That is God. the weirdest fucking show. Is, you remember the one where uh, Stimpy gets liposuction and and Ren has to like drink it because he's like envious that he's not giant anymore. Apparently, so down the line, he's just like slamming milkshakes of Stimpy's fat, and that's like so in my brain. I'm like, oh my God! But yeah, I love that shit, man. I was yeah. I've always been a cartoon kid, so but yeah, God, of course he he brought that up. Yeah. <laughs> well, no it started because we were talking about SpongeBob memes, like um, where I was. Yeah. I'm in like a square posting on Facebook, and it's just a bunch of SpongeBob memes. And uh, we started talking about just like surreal, surrealist comedies and shit like that. And, uh, right. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's a really good example for sure. It's more of like a. I really got into like Rocco, Rocco's Modern Life, and like. Oh my god, just been cat dog. I was raised on South Park. Like, I gotta give it credit because you know, back back in the day, what was it, '98? This shit came out. Yeah. And then uh, Chef Aid was one of my first albums ever that I ever had, <laughs> and that was the first one I had Primus on it, and it all comes full circle. But it, oh my god, it was just, it was so good. Yeah, been just basically cartoon boy forever. I don't know, totally. So Nickelodeon tell shit. Me yeah, tell me about um so after Calliope uh fizzled out, um mm -hmm. there um there came Astral Hand. Would love to hear a little bit about how the conversation continued. Well, um you know, it got to the point of where like by the time things started kicking in with this new record, um and we were we were touring, we we're like, okay, so what do we do now? Because there are like there are like a handful of other calliopes out in the world and i saw yeah <laughs> yeah so like i remember like back in the day like you're on i'm on apple like when i when just on a whim you're like i'm gonna buy an album and then it was 
it was Orbis by Calliope and then some other like completely out of left wing Calliope that I thought was them but it was like some some like salsa band or something some like I don't know I haven't listened to it since I got it but it was just like oh that's definitely not them uh weird but it uh it just started like by the time things actually started getting going that material was already like a few years old and we would just want to just noodle on new stuff but like they don't they don't jam for more than like i don't i want to say like 15 minutes at a time because there's got to be some intent and like you know time is time is precious and when i'm with the prospectors or something we'll just like let's just noodle for three hours and then get attacked by bees apparently so <laughs> but um yeah we would just noodle on some some random riff and then you know, like oh this would this would be a good you know like pre-chorus or something like that but i would come at them like hey like let's do let's do something in like okay like three bars of seven and then like one of eight or something and then you, you gotta slow it down you're like holy shit like what are we doing here you gotta because I, I like throwing my wrench to throw in is like hey let's just you, you do what the psych juggernauts are doing let's just like add another bar or like add like what if we did this three times there's you know like the stuff like that starts coming in and uh as, as far as you know like out of nowhere you've got an hour of material and then you're like okay what the hell now like and uh with with as many calliopes as there used to be like well there still are and uh it was a good combination it was, it was the right time to like really focus on new stuff they were like super dumb playing like stuff off Arbus and in chapel and uh it was me now so it was me and anthony smith in the rhythm section and anthony just came along like right when right after orbis dropped so he that's his parts on on the new stuff but then it was it was like the cards were shuffled enough to the point of where it's like this is a new entity now and it felt a lot better like trying to jam with them and like it fell into place so fast like it really clicked basically like some of those riffs are like original like ideas from the basements and uh it just worked and then i think astral hand fit a lot better because i was i was always like well if it ain't broke don't fix it sort of thing and it's like al's just like no we got like we got to turn this up a notch and like we're just gonna ditch ditch the old name and it's gonna be more of a more of a like an out there sci-fi like with a purpose and it sounds like it is you know like it's the thing with band names man they're the hardest the hardest yeah. thing to like match i mean i'm in a band called the fucking old prospectors for christ's sake like yeah it, 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 it was supposed to be like temporary and then it's like okay now that you're super invested in this thing because like i don't know names don't mean anything but they mean a lot more and they're like the more like the music obviously matters the most but when you have the complete package like take platinum boys simple yeah perfect fucking band name those yeah. guys like that that fits their sound their sound rips like there's there's a purpose there and that works for that reason a little bit better than like but i don't know it's uh it depends on like i i also like the word of mouth thing personally as far as my band like i don't want to like Hey, we're this good, like family friendly, like I don't know, here listen to us and like really try to market that. I want it to be more of like a 
just an organic like all the psych kids like they know what they're gonna look forward right. to but like if you like, if if like you, if you like this kind of music like you right probably like us like check us out but you're not right. gonna try to like you know just the balance blindly put yourself out there yeah yeah and i mean that's what you're doing anyway like trying to play it all like you're sticking your neck out there for people to you know hyper judge you but it's like are the people that like completely turned away because like oh old prospectors i thought it was a uh some bluegrass band so i didn't listen to it it's like okay we we get pretty heavy not gonna lie like the spectrum is there and i try to keep it like i don't know it's like basically what would what would tim alexander from primus and what would danny carey from tool do like but i try to channel that but try to still make it my own and like you get i don't know i hit hard i like to hit hard Dude, yeah old prospectors i was listening to eureka a little bit before this episode and awesome. yeah i mean that's um that's a very like just movemental record i don't even know if that's a word but it's just like a it's a it's got so many movements you know and it's yep. like such a um psychedelic days like in in a in distant desert planets and shit you know awesome like, and that's, that's what i'm looking for man thank I, you well, well dude i live for that and um yeah i mean i can imagine like you guys had a lot of fun putting that record together like it just totally. i can hear the fun that you guys were having just kind of jamming and building that's, off each other on those compositions that's the idea thank you man that's that's cool to hear um that was that was a tough undertaking too because like i did most of it myself and like just trying to noodle with so okay so once once my cousin passed i was basically left with a, a ton of music gear and i was into drums but i didn't know how any of that shit worked like i got an old board and a handful of microphones that were like shady but and and some another external interface and you're, and you're just trying to make it work and you're like i've just got this stuff i know the pieces are there but like if you look at a of the mixing board like it's completely fucking like an alien spaceship it was it was years like that i'm like i don't i don't want to touch any of that i don't know what that means and then it just it makes sense if you take a fucking minute and just like look like okay this this channel's for this and you know that's reverb and this is probably blah and then you figure it out and it's, and it's less intimidating but that whole the whole process beginning to end like i got to uh i got to go to my aunt and uncle's lake house lucky i'm, I'm super fortunate to have this like this net of support that i've got but i was like hey can i uh can we take over your house for a few days and we went up there for that purpose and i think i think that really helps with the with the process but it's i mean i mean it's and it's humbling too you come come to that that uh that mindset as an artist you're like is this good enough like i know we've played this better you know like played this better like a hundred times but it's like this is it like this is this is what we made it's it's part of that that intent of going up there to make the album and then for months after that i would just be like nitpicking I th it was a weird process like okay let's just rip this this chunk like four times and see the best take of that and then it would transition to the next part with a totally different tempo totally different feel and then just like just rip it and then try to smash them all together but doing a live take with that would have just been a lot i don't know i'm a fan of the 10 minute like ADD prog it depends like we're all over the place like 
we have just like funky jams like static chickeny like yeah. jams like that like really wide open funky uh, like four that leads into this i don't know what the hell you want to call it but each song is its own like different entity which i, I kind of wanted to keep it that way some are more improv heavy than others so you're like does this capture what i want you know and like does it ever end like it really doesn't it's nothing more humbling than like sitting there like youtubing like compression and like what the hell it means and you're like i i don't know any of this shit now but it's basically the same like a, a year or like now like four years ago i looked at a board like i don't know what the fuck this is i don't know what to do or where to even start and now it's like okay do i do i move beyond the freeware do i like pursue this and uh i don't know if i do but i like being able to manipulate what we do and just be able to record ourselves whenever that's it's a cool feeling and like being able to take a sound wave and do whatever the hell you want with it is uh it's pretty cool i would uh, i would recommend if you if you make music or you thought of it just just jump in with an interface just buy a cheap interface and just like start trying to make it work and just fuck with it i don't know but it uh basically once i once i started to go like okay this is as done as i can get it bring in the guys and like have frank really nitpick his parts and like timing wise and like let me do some re-recording but then other than that like it was uh it was smoother than a lot of stories i've heard as far as recording but it's all that one's all diy and uh i'm pretty stoked on it like it's really long it's a really fucking long album there's a couple who are like do we do we put this on do we want it on vinyl at some point but i don't know if it's like if it's ready for that yet um but we already got exponentially better since then that was like a, a full year that we recorded that and like just a year ago i was like today i was just like okay and i gotta i gotta stare at these waveforms for like hours until it sounds like something and but you're like i don't know you're wading through i think i just did it wrong it's like yeah that might have been okay or that's the strongest overall take but like it wasn't the one but i guess you'd never really feel like I, guess, I don't know it depends on the person but i've never really felt like holy shit that was the take you know but then you're like you you come back you, you you come to and you and you listen back with fresh ears and you're like okay that was cool i gotta give myself a little bit more credit or like we can easily redo this this is not what i intended and it's a different way of uh of approaching songs and stuff but uh i don't know the prospectors basically turned into be like to be this project where i could do whatever the hell i wanted and it having that much open-endedness and freedom kind of hurts after a little while you know like that's why it's cool from the astral hand side of, of things those guys are very intentful with their their riffs and uh it's just like nope this is what we came up with like just do it that way your idea was good the first time and it's like trying to have that that stick you know like it's got a, it's got a stick there you in your brain has to be like okay it's that's what happened you know it's like just let it fucking go but like giving it to people and like editing it and polishing it feels like polishing a turd after a little while and you're like i don't really know what i'm doing but i'm just going off of what my ears think and like it's got some replay value i don't know it's i wanted it to to not be an album that i just like okay fuck it we this is our material it's done it's just out there it's done it's an album that no one will hear who cares but i wanted it to be like something we can look back on and like 
this is how the song should be. This is, there's the intent behind there. We're only going to get better, but like, this is how they should sound. And like, Frank is very proactive. Frank Buffy, our, our guitar player and, and keyboardist, he, uh, he's like, no, just let's go. Let's get it on right now. I got today. We have an hour. Let's do stuff. And I'm just like, dude, just, I, we got to iron things. We got to make a soup. You know, we got to, this part could be better. And like, but like, when do you, when does that end? You know? So it's a, it was a tough thing to like finally come, come to terms with and like, all right, now let's try to get it mastered and like keep that DIY part going. It's like, do I just master it myself? Do I figure this out as we go? And it's basically turned into that. And then we kind of just threw it in an algorithm and, you know, I'm sorry to all the mastering engineers out there to hear that because I'm not a mixing engineer, so I don't know what the hell I was doing. But I don't know. I like the DIY part, and I think a lot of people should embrace that a little bit more. But we got to do the Astral Hand stuff in the studio, and that was a totally different, like, we, we went to Hollow Street. Shane Hoshteller is uh, oh, I love he's, Shane. He's the fucking man. He made my drums sound the best they've ever sounded. And that's honestly been the... Uh, the worst part of this 2020 thing is uh like when spring came around it was it's done the the album is done astral hand album is completely finished it is mixed and mastered and toasty ready to be on the presses but now we like can't can't throw a party we can't do how it should be and uh so i think we're going to take a little bit more time and like have a window for that and do it right rather than just crap it out to the world. And uh, I don't know, I'm looking forward to that big time. Is uh, <laughs> To say the absolute least, I just want to play that album and just hold it in my hands, honestly. Like, we're so close, <laughs> so damn close. But I just want to, I want you guys to hear that big time. Can't wait. I, I look forward to hearing it. I know Al was saying that, yeah, like, it's in the, it's in the can. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, things are so ambiguous right now as to like we don't know when things will end up getting um sent out to the rest of the world and whatnot but you know it's understandable either way you know like it's you know it it, it depends on what's what feels right for you guys um right. yeah. and what's accessible to you guys so and that varies project to project so that's understandable um, the frustrating part is like that stuff is already almost three years old. Like some of those riffs are like, it's getting to the point again where it's like, okay, now what? And we've still been trying to like, just hammer some new ideas out and just do stuff that like, isn't necessarily like in the lines of like the coloring book per se of like the sound, like, cause the sound is very, it's, it's an established thing. It's very, there's some Floydian moments. There's some like super heavy sleep tooly stuff that's on on purpose. But like now we're like, what would this thrash beat sound like? And Vic just lays down, just shreds for a little bit, and then that's always fun. That's that's a little bit against the grain. And like and then we're doing like, see how '80s we can sound. Or like we have one of the placeholder songs that we that we're opening the record with now, or the second track the placeholder was called 80s so it's like let's let's make some top gun hilarious like i don't know it, it just it worked out but it's good to do new it's always good to do new stuff but i guess it's a little bit more 
down a different avenue but we're going to keep it like obviously there's a sound to the band and there's a there's a purpose to it so it's not going to stray too far but get a little heavier get my feet moving a little bit and stay humbled by different beats that i don't really do and Definitely. i don't know i don't know I just keep it moving man <laughs> of course <laughs> i just, I just want this, this party to happen that's all i want i i do too man i'll be there um are the uh prospectors working on any new material right now yeah actually uh we've got more we, we've got a whole second album basically ready to go um well to start tracking not ready to go um because i want to do the diy thing again um but now that i know a little bit more and uh i'm gonna get my own interface soon a new eight channel thing that i'm waiting on um so focus right hasn't sent out the new models since COVID hit so like we're waiting on it's like from china or somewhere so it, they're just like yeah i don't know when but I, heard, I saw a couple different websites saying like early October, so I'm like still crossing my fingers when it's like released to the public. Then we can get that ball rolling. But right now, um, yeah, those songs are great. I'm, I'm really cool. I'm, they're really cool, and I'm stoked like how they're going to sound. But um, yeah, they're really technically complicated for us. They're, they're pushing the bar, but like still keeping it real, keeping it psych rock. Um, you know, keep that element there. But um, We've been doing a handful of, uh, the only shows we've really been doing at all. Um, I'm super lucky to be even doing anything remotely close to this, but uh, I'm, I'm able to set up the full band in the front yard. So right on Humboldt, I don't know if you've heard music down Humboldt at, at any point this summer, but um, just uh, on the fifth of my birthday, we did the last one. And uh, just to be able to like physically play for people is awesome, but like, having people camped out on, in the median with their, their chairs and their, and their kids. And they're just like, and they, they yell at you from the distance. They're like, we needed that so bad. And like people on the verge of tears, like, you're like just, just doing whatever. Like the, the first time we did it, we pretty much improv a good 60% of it and then did some original stuff and then started creeping in being a little bit more of a thing. Like, how do we make this better? This is like the Dollapalooza that we couldn't have. It was like, we're going to take the gear and take the people that know how to manipulate the gear and jam and yeah. just do that. And then, but then the last time for my birthday, we got uh, Eric, Eric Klosterman from uh, Conundrum. Uh, he, he does, what is, what is this, uh, this thing called? Um, shit. Sorry, Eric, ahead of time. But um, he's got the, the coolest visual setup ever. Basically it's up there as far as locally. And, uh, we're gonna try to uh, to incorporate that more because once you start playing in front of visuals, like it, it just is the element that we were missing. So I'm gonna to try to do that as much as humanly possible. But he was there for the uh, the front yard thing, and we you know just jam on jam on some Sabbaths, and we did a Krongbin song, and like that's all I want to do in general. But like to be able to do it in some way that's that's vaguely controlled, but like. That's all my old man is just like, why don't you just play on the front lawn? And I'm like, well, if we're going to play it all, I don't want to just, I don't want my house to be, you know, like some super spreader event, but I also like need to do this again. So it's like, this is the balance and like everyone's cool and is masked up and just hanging on the front and like, yeah, I mean, outdoor but, shows are pretty much like the best anyone can do right now. Right. So I honestly like prefer this as the venue, I'm not going to lie um 
it's it's a cool feeling to be able to do that again and people are like i had no idea how much i actually missed this going back to it like i'm just watching people play anything but like i felt like we were pretty pretty good pretty dialed and tested out the new stuff and uh just it felt right again and uh it's it's half a giant bummer because you can't just do it every day and like you can't bounce back as quickly after that and not every neighbor loves it that's that's a good lesson i just did it and like because i have such cool neighbors and uh and just be like hey I'm, I'm i'm playing we're gonna do this thing again we're gonna take a few hours in the front lawn on friday or whatever and everyone's like we'll be there we're, we're gonna do that and like that's what's cool about doll blues like when my, the whole basement's taken up by my friends and like you have control over every little thing it's not a control thing but it's like how many times have you been in a venue listening to a band you're like ah that needs to be up a little bit and yeah. then it's like yeah, just just a little uh, the guitars are a little loud or something and then you can just physically go boop done and you're the sound guy you're the manager you're the like i said the janitor right. of the whole yeah. thing but like doing it on the front lawn is like so cool i don't know it's, it's it's the best thing we got now but it's it's great and uh weird i guess weird is the the main word of this whole year yeah but i just okay. wanted to continue in some way and uh i don't know it's perfect uh today i would love to do it today but i don't know if that's yeah, a, a reality yeah, but well I mean, dan here i don't know <laughs> oh yeah and you you are um you are in uh the 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 celestial uh clusters right now so yeah <laughs> it's a clusterfuck up here yeah. yeah no uh i don't know man i just want to want to continue and uh, i'm stoked to you know bring the new stuff out to the world and like keep uh keep doing what i'm doing for my own sanity and for yours too i guess and yeah oh yeah man i think that uh psychedelic music Noise music, industrial music, ambient music, all of that stuff has uh, made sense a lot. Like, I mean, it's always made sense to me, but like more in a different way. It's made sense this year because of just how, you know, surreal this this uh, year has been. So, yeah. and thank you for uh, being on the show. Uh, this is a lot of fun talking about uh all your different projects about um the really dope music that uh you partake in and um thank yeah, you man I, you'll have to let me know uh if there's another lawn show let me know i'd love to come see it yeah um ideally man like it's those those weird rainy days they're 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 a tough gamble i want to do it every day of my life honestly but uh we'll see um i want to do one more i don't want that to be the last one but I uh, don't really have too many options right now, but uh, I would love, you'll know first. If we do oh, it, yeah. we'll, uh, I'll let you know, definitely. Oh, yeah. Text me. So as we're closing out here, uh, tell me what keeps you up at night, Dan. Oh, it keeps me up at night. Oh, let's narrow it down. Um, honestly, man, the reality check of these, uh, these fascists coming out of the work aren't, uh, aren't too uh, calming. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's not going to last forever. Um, quite, quite literally, lately, what's been keeping me up is uh, bright, shiny things on the screen. Uh, I've been in, <laughs> playing a lot of Zelda, so it's been yeah. trying to keep the sanity at bay. Um, but 
you know i don't it's, it's the human condition now i guess like can't really being paranoid and aware but like not to the point of where it like completely takes over everything and uh it's a tough balance but yeah that's basically what's what's keeping me up more than more than not guess um yeah people need to go away yes <laughs> right. and uh it's good to see uh or not hear the uh the blackhawk over the over our town and uh yeah that i don't was know when the band, still thinking of uh yeah when when shit really hit the fan and like trying to trying to relay that into like really trying to give back and like reinforce the community and i think music is the way to do it so yeah. we'll see what the next couple months do but yeah hopefully that's no. equal change yeah <laughs> i agree what puts you to sleep oh uh a nice a nice full belly and uh i don't know i'm very i'm very spoiled but um i don't know the the reaffirmation of like I know a community I live in and I've seen the best of it. And uh, I know there are still people around that want to make it a better place and, and have and actively do. And it gives me some hope for the future. And uh, I don't know, I know some good human beings and I, I, I hope they don't, uh, they don't stop that unrelenting, or unrelenting assault of, uh, of humanity that we all need. I think right now we need, a, we need a dose of that and some love thy neighbor actual attitude happening. But uh, yeah, man, oh, it's uh, I got some hope though. That's it's getting me some some shit. I ditto, ditto. Yeah, man. Thanks again for being on the show. Um, it was great of you to uh, trans do this uh, transmission from space. Um, yep. <laughs> be, be a uh, be my first uh, intergalactic guest. So uh, as uh, so as we're closing out here. Um, for everyone watching, uh, be sure to check out the old prospectors, check out Calliope, check out that Astral Hand. Um, they've only got one song out and streaming right now, but they will have more very soon in the future. Uh, thank it's you for late. watching. Yes. <laughs> and uh, shout out to Dalton for the DIY show of the year. Yes, thank please. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Thank you, Ben. <laughs>